another episode of Little Anime Podcast, where we talk about anything anime-related, games, movie shows, anything anime-related we talk about. Um, of course, um, I was trying to get an episode out last Saturday, but more things came arise and I wasn't able to do it, but I do plan, hopefully, to make another, to do the episode Saturday, so that way I can catch up since I am on one episode behind. Um, so let's get into our main topic. No, not the main topic. Let's get to our news section before we get into our main topic, which you could probably tell by the opening what I'm going to be talking about. I had to decide what I was going to talk about until I went through my episode list and I realized, oh, I had never finished talking about this. It finally came out or this. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about. So, before, of course, before that, let's get into the news section from AnimeNewsNetwork.com character designer. Akito Wanadnaba recovered after uh, COVID-19 hospitalization. Uh, the artist Akito <clears throat> Wanadnaba revealed through Twitter account of his character and alias Poin Poin Rock on Monday that he has recovered after being hospitalized for being infected with the new coronavirus disease. He has now been discharged from the hospital. Um, he is known for his character designs on the Montecatri series. Um, he also designed characters for Starship Girl, Yamato Yo- Yoho- Yoko, uh, The Soul Taker, Nurse Witch, Kamgui, The World God Only Knows, and Higurashi. Uh, next news from camp, uh, comicbook.com. Netflix will be adding JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, Bleach, as well as many other animes from the Viz Media to its streaming library, library soon. Funimation has seen some huge additions to its streaming service in recent years, and now they're getting ready to add a whole new selection of animes thanks to its partnership with Viz, Me- Viz Media. Uh, as you know, Viz Media English licensed anime includes some of the biggest anime some of the biggest action hits out there and now fans with Funimation will be able to check out some of these series. Um, they said they should be joining as soon as April 15th, so that should be tomorrow. Uh, well, as I'm recording this, so. so And there's also a bunch of other ones besides the ones I just uh, mentioned. So there's it was a little list of some of the stuff that's coming out on Netflix, not Netflix, uh, Funimation streaming service. So as I say, JoJo's part, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures parts one through three, Bleach episodes one through 109 in the United States, but in Canada, they're beginning episodes one through 209. So that's actually kind of cool. That's interesting that Canada's getting an extra 100 episodes compared to the US. So that's interesting. Um, Maz, Mazaring Z, I never even heard of that. Infinite T-Force, I never heard of that one either. Um, there was, ooh, it's like four Naruto movies. Uh, Naruto Shippuden, The Last Tower, Blood Vi- Blood Prison, Naruto the Movie, Road to Ninja, and The Last Naruto the Movie. Uh, is that a movie? No, this one I'm reading. Uh, Hunter Hunter, Phantom Road, um, Excel World, Excel World Infinite Burst, Vampire Night and Vampire Night Guilty. So, yeah. So if you have automation, those will be some of the shows that's gonna be popping up that you, and, and movies that you'll be able to watch. Uh, next piece of news from AnimeNewsNetwork.com. 
voice actor Yoshiko Tama Tamakumin and Akira Nadajimi. Uh, I can't say these names, I swear. <laughs> Announced on their Twitter accounts on Friday they have gotten married. They thank fans for their support and vow to do their best to live a happy family life. Uh, Takumin, I think that's how you say it now, Takumin. Uh, made his major voice acting debut in 2009 with the Bakugan Battle Brawlers New Destroy anime where he played the character Ace. He's also played characters in Lord Marksman and Vizden, Plastic Memories and Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Aki Nanaka Jimia has played characters in Beauty Rhythm, Oreo Dream, Shakugan no Shana uh, Season 3, and, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it also turns out that her twin, she has a twin sister who is also a famous voice actress, so that's interesting, so congratulations to the two, um, I've never seen the subtitle version of the Bakugan, I believe, I know, I mean, for us, we got it over here in, of course, in English, I remember I used to stream, not stream, it used to be on um, Cartoon Network, and I used to watch all the episodes. I even remember watching the uh, second, I believe that's the second season, the new Destroyer arc, that's like the second season of the Bakugan series. Uh, so that was interesting, I had no idea that he played the sub, the Japanese version of Ace, so that's interesting. Uh, another news from also AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Uh, Crunchyroll announced on Monday that it is streaming the glo- Gloomy, the Naughty Grizzly uh, television anime based on, how do you say this name? Check Mori's Gloomy Bear character on Monday in North America, Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, Oceanic, the Middle East, and the Commonwealth of the Independent States. Well, that's a lot. Uh, Crunchyroll also revealed that it will stream dubbed Stream dub in English, Japanese, Portuguese, French, and German for the following animes. Tokyo Revengers, To Your Eternity, I've Been Killing Slimes for 300 Years, and Max at My Level, and So I'm a Spider, So What Part 2. The company will also be streaming an English dub for the second season of Welcome to Demon School. Uh, Yurumakun, I actually need to, I think I'm like four episodes, I, I said this before, I think I'm like four episodes left of the final season I kind of like just fell off of it but I am I'm pretty sure I'm like four episodes that I just need to finish uh so it says in this article Crunchyroll will be adding Portuguese Spanish and French dubs for the time I got recorded as a slime anime first season and the original ooh, and the OVAs as well the first season for Rising of the Shield Hero and then it will be streaming in Portuguese and Spanish dubs for the second season of ReZero Starting Life in Another World anime and OVAs. So that's just some of the stuff that Crunchyroll is going to be uh, producing and uh, bringing out. Uh, also, uh, the next piece of news from Anime New Network as well, Manga Entertainment and Funimation have announced that Manga is officially rebranding as Funimation in the UK and Ireland. According to the announcement from April 19th, 
oh so that means that's when they i guess it starts i was like wait today's only the 14th so i was like wait what oh uh, yeah so f- from the 19th i guess that's when it starts the manga website and social media channels in the uk and ireland which start to evolve gradually manga entertainment will merge with funimation across facebook twitter instagram youtube and i guess it's web entirely the announcement also says that by may 2021 all the anime company all company companies anime will be available under one umbrella in cinemas and on its streaming service and on home video um that's interesting so i guess people in ireland who have this company called manga entertainment i guess they'll be combining with Funimation which I guess is pretty cool because then that gives them more access to like the shows that's already on Funimation, the shows that's going to be going on Funimation. So that's very good for people who are in the UK and Ireland. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, a lot of this news came from Anime News Network, just to let you guys know. Um, Tokyo Ghoul and Rented Girlfriend's creator draws Attack on Titan fan art to celebrate the final season. Also, this is something I didn't know. I had no idea that the person, the manga creator who made Tokyo Ghoul, also made Rented Girlfriend, which are two totally different uh, mangas and anime. So that just blew my mind when I read this article. I was like, wait, that's the same? Oh, no, it's separate. Okay. But the way they said it, it made it seem like it was the same. Uh, no, the person who made Tokyo Ghoul is Sue Ishida, and the person who made Rent a Girlfriend was Ry- Ryuji Maya Jimia. Okay, the title of the article made it seem like it was one person entirely. I was like, whoa, that's a huge, like, difference compared to, you know, Tokyo Ghoul and Rent a Girlfriend, but okay, I just read it wrong. Uh, both of them posted an Attack on Titan fan art on their personal Twitter accounts to commemorate the release of the manga's final chapter on Friday. Ishida drew Attack on Titan protagonist Aaron Yeager, spelling Yeager in his tweet, while Maya Jimia drew Renter Girlfriend's uh, heroine Chizuru wearing the Survey Corps outfit. It's actually pretty cool if you guys so go on their Twitters and you'll see the artwork. It's both pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, next news uh the final evangelion fan stays at number one in the fifth week weekend at the japanese block office so evangelion 3.8 plus 1.0 tries upon a time the final evangelion fan stayed at number one its fifth weekend the film sold 161,000 tickets over the weekend earning oh god 256 million two hundred and three thousand hundred and fifty yen which is about 2.42 million u.s dollars from friday to saturday sold a total of 4.84 million tickets and has earned oh geez on peace that's even a bigger number um for u.s people it earned about 67.8 million u.s dollars in its third week the uh the film surpassed the domestic earnings of, I guess, the movie that came before it, The Evangelion 3.0, You Cannot Redo, which earned a total of 5.0 billion yen. The new film is now the highest earning film in the series domestically and internationally. So that's pretty good. Um, I was never a huge Evangelion fan. I remember watching it back in the day, and I honestly, it's been so long, I don't remember any of it or the movie that I watched. But, I mean, this is one of the movies that people was really looking forward to. So, the fact that it's doing that good and even surpassed the movie that came out before it, 
that's pretty amazing but then again i was so surprised since a lot of people were waiting for this movie to come out so i mean because with covid and everything it definitely got pushed back even more than it was already so um next attack on titan final leads to i can't read leads to magazines issues selling out and getting a second printing uh, apparently, do, 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 on April 9th, uh, Takatine's manga on April 9th would get an urgent second printing. The manga editor reported on Tuesday that the issue is selling out stores one after another. The new print run will begin arriving in bookstores throughout Japan on April 30th. The manga ended after 11 and a half years of serialization. The manga's 34th and final volume will ship on June 9th. So that is it, you guys. Attack on Titan is officially, the manga is officially done. Uh, we are getting a second core that's coming in the, I believe, winter? I think I said it last week. I think this, the, because what I understand this first part's only 16 episodes. I was like, that's kind of a rush for them to finish the last season in 16 episodes. But then, as I think the subtitle version ended, they uh, immediately announced that the second core of the final season is coming out in the winter. So, so it's not finishing. It's just, I guess, they're kind of doing what they did with, like, ReZero and a bunch of other shows. They're splitting it into two cores. So the second part will be coming out later in the year, probably sometime next year. So that's interesting. Uh, let's see. Two more pieces of news from comic.com. Demon Slayer, Mugen Train movie. Uh, let's see. Four million yen milestone. Demon Slayer, Mugen Train will be hitting theaters in North America later this month, which I cannot wait. I want to see it so bad, since especially since this was so hyped. I mean, this movie surpassed the number one anime movie of all time spirited away so i honestly i cannot wait and i want to see this movie so bad uh there's another there's also like another i also want to see the final uh heaven's field movie which i can't wait to see that one too so i can't wait so apparently the movie has hit the has hit a milestone of earning four billion yen so that is that's just telling you how hype people were for this movie and apparently how amazing it is if it's it's even now it's still getting news of how much money it's earning and last piece of news godzilla singular point netflix release date june trailer release so netflix has announced the release date and trailer for the godzilla singular point an all-new anime series centered on the on you know the godzilla uh, alongside with a new trailer for the anime series, Netflix confirmed Godzilla Similar Point released globally outside of Japan on a streaming platform this June. The action pack first trailer for the 13 episode series sees a grad student and engineer unit to fight against an unimaginable force that may spell doom for the world. So um, that is also be interesting for people who were waiting for that. So that's finally getting out of the quote unquote Netflix jail and will be coming to us sometime in June. So that is it for the news section. And let's just get into our main topic, which whoo, I'm sure you guys could probably tell by the opening. I realized that I never did talk about this because this it was one of these shows that definitely got delayed thanks to, uh, yeah, thanks to COVID, I should say. So, I will be talking about the third season, and since the fourth and final season is already out, I figure, you know, why not? Let's talk about this. Uh, I will be talking about the 
third season of the seven deadly sins um i am a huge fan of seven deadly sins i already did a review of the first two seasons so i can't wait basically we're kind of picking up picking up where we left off and the second season where uh meliol he's brought back to life um diane and king are in the fairy kingdom i mean the fairy realm for forest and are kind of recuperating after everything that's happened so far but they realize that they still have a lot of these demons to deal with a lot of the commandments are still alive and we just are and it's just a lot that's going on so in the first episode it's kind of just revealing kind of like how the world is is at the moment with all these demons you know running around excuse me um because you see like these demons are collecting humans and if they rebel then they kill them and then or they like you know severely wound them and then it's just like oh my god and then but of course Melly Lopez and them you know intervene and you know save the people and you know are taking down demons wherever they are and it's just um it's just a lot let me tell you that it's a lot <laughs> oops I think that's um this is also the season i guess some people kind of iffy about because the art style did change and a, there is a new studio that has that got their hands on it so this is kind of eh. some people aren't that really happy about this especially since this was this huge fight that we will be getting into that um people were really hoping for and because of the change in the studio and how they did it most people didn't weren't that happy about it uh, but I personally didn't have a problem with it, so I am fine. Um, uh, that's probably it. First episode, second. Um, okay, also at this point, um, King and Diane don't know that Meliodas is brought back to life. They were there when he was killed by Esterosa in the second season. And then that's when they kind of went off to the fairy forest and are just recuperating there. So they don't know that he's brought back to life. But then... Um, do, 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 trying to remember. Um, oh, yeah. Um, then they have like this... This is this seat. This is this moment when they're like kind of celebrating and, you know, trying to lift up the spirits of, you know, all the fairies. And... Um, there's that giant that um, uh, Diane met and her family are there kind of, I guess, staying there to, um, since it's kind of like the quote-unquote safest place at the moment, all these devils and demons running around. So they have this cute little dance and one of the uh, fairies there who's kind of like the seer or like, I guess you could say like the assistant of the fairy king is dancing and you see her have a vision of the first da- uh, fairy king Gloxenia and who just says oh I'm so happy you're alive and you're like wait what then you, they realize that once they, everyone stops dancing and then they realize that Yan and King are missing when they uh, kind of snap to they realize they've been teleported by Droll and Gloxenia so the um, I'm just gonna read this because this so the two former kings promise to kill them unless they succeed succeed successfully pass a test after completely defeating them which oh my god so 
that whole little quick fight scene between them, like, it shows, like, oh, yeah, they don't stand a chance. They're still too weak to defend against them. So they, and then they put them through this trial. So when they do, they, uh, when they both wake up, they transform, are transported into the, kind of like the bodies of Droll and Glaxinia 3,000 years ago when before they were members of the Ten Commandments. So when they're there, they run into in Meliodas, and then they meet a member of the goddess race who looks exactly like Elizabeth, and they are fighting against the demon race. So then uh, King and Diane discover how powerful both Glaxenia and Droll really are. And, ooh, ow, it hurt. Um, so... They kind of get to this huge, after they do that, then you find out there's like this group called Sigma that's fight that's kind of like being run run by the fair, by the goddess race. I was such various goddess race, but they kind of give you this feeling that they're kind of iffy, which is, you know, you, you see goddesses and, you know, angels as the good guys, but here you kind of see them as kind of, eh, something doesn't seem right. So, do, 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 do. Sorry about that stupid mic. Um, stop doing it. There we go. Um, so they, yeah, like I said, they're just, they're interacting with this whole group and, you know, they kind of have fairies and giants and humans there and, but you can kind of feel like something's off, especially with one of the uh, four archangels who really doesn't like Meliodas and is kind of like belittling Elizabeth for, you know, being, you know, with um, Meliodas. But then when these demons, what a de- what, some of the commandments appear and they uh they kind of well they want to get back to this like their friends and family members that were c- captured by would you later find out it's captured by sigma and elizabeth tries to go up to you know try to uh, quarry with them so that they don't fight but then they turn around and end up killing all the demons which you find out that one of the commandment sisters oh god what was her name uh Derriere, her sister ends up getting captured, and she's in the group that ends up getting killed. So, enraged, Derriere, you know, knocks Elizabeth out, um, believing that she was lying to them about, you know, trying to make peace with demon race or whatnot. So, the archangels, Tamir and Serier, arrive to um, defeat, you know, the demons who showed up. So, like I was saying, Tamir and Syria arrive to defeat the demons using a powerful um, arc spell, but the members of the Ten Commandments manage to exploit the blast, and as struggling against, you know, the archangels, they transform into, like, these, uh, like, ultimate demon forms, but at the same time, it's, like, sacrificing themselves to do it. Um, then you meet, um, 
and you go back and you see one of the angels is like kind of being controlled and opens up this well kind of being controlled by one of the ten commandments but then you find out that it was actually the gother and the real gother was controlling everything so that he could break out of prison and arrives on the battlefield so king and diane find king diane and meliotis find elizabeth you know conscious in the barrier set by Syria prior to the bill the battle beginning Meliodas pulls her out but you know is burning him at the same time because you know he's a demon and this is a goddess power so of course it's hurting him so you know, after Elizabeth heals him and like you know gets mad it's like you always protect me I want to protect you so she returns to the battlefield you know to stop this and but so yeah um then it gets to Elizabeth using this powerful spell to purify Derriere and Mospit with the help of t- uh, Tarier and Syria and Tamir. I can't say these names. Be- and then the other archangel doesn't like it because of course he, I don't know if he has feelings for Elizabeth. Maybe that's just me and he hates the fact that, you know, she's falling in love with a demon and she's compassionate against the demons when he is so hell-bent on you know destroying demons that he doesn't care what he has to do he'll get rid of them and it's just very you you see him as not good at all like you see how he's so manipulative and ready to do whatever it takes to defeat the demons even be almost as worse as these quote-unquote demons that he you know chat sizes and whatnot so so at that time, I believe Gother and uh, run the real Gother runs into uh, Diane and uh, King. They talk for a little bit, and then they realize that he's not really a threat, and that then they find the real Gother, and um, he finds like he releases him. Uh, oh, that that the real Gother that we've known all this time is actually just a doll that he created. To, you know, see the outside world, and then, and kind of, because he's been trapped by the Demon King, I think I explained later on that the reason why he was trapped in this, like, dungeon, whatever, was because, I guess, the Demon King feared his powers, so they sealed him away, but didn't really seal him away completely, since, you know, his powers was very, uh, used, will be useful for them, but I guess he feared him, and then I guess just, you know, and um, at the time, you go back to the Sigma and you find out that the humans that they brought back are attacking all the fairies and the, the other not giants and all the other people that are a product Stigma because they hate Stigma for what they did for their uh, village years ago. It turns out that they, that they, the humans that are there saved this demon and, you know, nursed it back to health. And then I guess with Stigma find out, they wiped out the entire village, you know, killing everyone there. They were the only ones who survived because they were out, I guess, hunting and getting supplies. So they pretended to be nice and whatnot, just to get their revenge against Stigma. So when, of course, when King finds this out, he goes to save the, I guess you say the younger version of, uh, oh God, what was her name? Uh, Girita. Basically the sister of the first... With, uh, I almost said Wizard King, <laughs> a Fairy King. So when he, he but of course, Ed, when that happens, um, he goes there and he sees what happens and he sees how badly hurt she is and kind of thinks she's almost dead. He attacks this 
guy, I should have mentioned also that the guy who's, you know, holding her and actually protected her, yeah, saved her from being killed by one of the other humans. He kind of reminds him of Bond. So, so when he finds, kind of figure that out and he finds out what's happening, he feels stupid. He's like, wow, he's just like Bond. He'll betray people to get his way and whatnot. So, and when, um, of course, when he in a when he gets there and he sees her like that and you know she's all bloodied and she thinks he thinks she's dead and he's all not holding her or it's over her dead body quote unquote he is about to attack him but when he stops and he thinks like hey this is kind of almost the same situation he was when with bond when he thought bond caused the death of elaine and you know trapped him in stone but elaine showed up and said no that's not what happened he was there to protect me and i gave my life to save his that's when he stops but then you kind of see him seeing what the fairy king really did and back in his time before he became a commandment i guess what kind of pushed him to become a commandment was that he killed the guy um i think it was like road or something he killed him because uh of course like i said he thought he killed his sister so he killed him and that kind of filled his hatred for humans and then with that it snaps king out of it saying oh you know you passed because you made a choice different than the one i made which I killed Rogue and that, you know, filled his anger for humans. And that's when he, I guess, was offered, hey, why don't you join us and you can kill all the humans and fairies and well, probably not fairies because he probably still, you know, cares about his fairy king, his fairy, you know, people and whatnot. But, you know, you can get a revenge against the people who, you know, caused the death of your sister, which then you find out she wasn't dead, of course. But, um... Of course, at that time, we see Deanne um, getting her memories back from Gother and kind of explaining everything and why Gother is the way he is and, you know, saying, please, you know, help him teach him the right way because I won't be here. And then they figure, then they, he explains how he has a way he'll be able to stop this holy war. But, but of course, like I said, before doing that, he revives Diane's missing memories and that she's able to remember her past with King and everything and remember everyone. So when that happens, then you see Diane's, you know, challenge, um, which uh, Droll, I believe. Yeah. Droll explains to King like, hey, she has to make, you know, kind of the opposite choice if she wants to get out. But the way he did it was kind of no matter what choice she makes, she's kind of pretty much screwed either way. It was either do you refuse, um, God, what was his name? Uh, Zeldire's, uh, invitation to become a Ten Commandment and die fighting like a true, uh, giant would, or will you accept, or will you do what he did and accept it and, you know, become a Ten Commandment? But then when she wakes up, they're kind of confused because they're like, wait, what happened? You shouldn't, he's like, you shouldn't have been able to come back. You should have either died fighting uh, Zeldia or, you know, come with Ten Commandment like he did. But she was like, oh, yeah, I just escaped. That was so funny. Because then you see, like, a little version of her as him, you know, running away. as she, he kind of refusing his offer, but not doing it in the way, I guess, a quote-unquote real giant would. So that was pretty funny. And so that explains that and when she you know wakes up and it's like oh wow king you you did it too you came back you know king was crying he thought he would lose diane but you know seeing her that 
seeing her back up, you know, brings him his tears of sadness become tears of joy. And then she kisses him as she, you know, remembers him, confessing her love for him when he wakes up. Uh, that's this funny part when he wakes up and he's like, oh, wow, I had the perfect dream, you know. Diane told me she loved me. She kissed me. She's like, that wasn't a dream. He's like, yeah, I remember everything. Gother explained everything. And the real, the Gother we know now, he's not at fault. He's just lost, but we have to help him. That's when they, you know, confess their feelings for each other. And that's when we realize King has grown a little bit of wings, which, you know, he does kind of feels a little, he, you know, he finally got his wings. He feels a little, you know, undermined because that he thinks of how beautiful and big Loxenia's um, wings are. But uh, Diana assures him, like, hey, Gokhania said they grow in size and, you know, mature mentally and physically. So uh, them being that small is pretty normal. So don't even worry about it. They're, they'll grow big in no time. So as Gloxenia re- reunites with his sister, she shows him that dog's uh, slow, solo, um, which you then Gloxenia realizes is kind of road uh, reincarnated as he intended to protect her all this time so he kind of senses that which i thought was pretty interesting i didn't see that coming at all um gloxinia then decides he's no longer going to be part of the ten commandments and will protect the forest and king's place as the other two as diane and king go back to you know reunite the seven deadly sins and you know put an end to this um so when they do get there they are, they meet everyone, and they're like, oh, I'm so happy you guys are all okay, and we're back together, but we're not really together, because, again, at this point, they don't know that Meliodas is still alive, so, you know, it's funny, because they end up, uh, Diane lands on him, so then they're like, oh, you know, I wish the captain was here with us again, and we could all be together, and he's like, oh, I am here, but I'm under you, you you're on top of me, so then they freak out when they see him, and they're like, wait, you're supposed to be dead, how are you still alive? And of course, being Meliodas doesn't really explain it. He's like, "Yeah, some things just happen, and I get back to life." Um, that's when they, you know, make fun of King for his tiny little wings, and um, then they realize that Diane has her memories back, which kind of throws Coulter off. And he's like, "No, that's impossible. You shouldn't have gotten your memories back." And then um, that's when they were like, "No, we promised to help you," you know get your heart back because you have a heart and it's possible you know for you you're not just a doll you're a person with feelings and understanding and whatnot which then king portrait tries to offer but king runs not king uh goes around your ways and fears and so by doing that these everyone starts going after him you know trying to stop him and help him um realize his past so then we can kind of then we get gother's backstory which find out he wakes up in like this cavern which then you find out is under the uh the the under the castle of the kingdom where he meets the sister of uh bertra which is the oh she was the younger sister i thought she was the older because it looked like she was older huh i swear i thought she was the oldest sister and he was younger but this thing telling me she was the younger sister. Maybe he was just short for his age? I don't know. I swear I thought she was the older one. But, uh, yeah, so we go back. King, not King. I keep saying King. Uh, Gother, you know, how he met, you know, the, uh, what's her name? Nadia? Not, not, Nadia? 
uh, you know, just like their memory of all the time they spent together and them kind of slowly falling in love, but then find out she's, you know, slowly dying. She has this kind of like, I guess, heart disease or something, or just is this one of those very sickly, you know, weak body, can't do things, and too strenuous because it'll like cause her to collapse or whatnot. So, you know, they spend time together, and you see, like, like I said, them falling in love, but then at that moment when they are spending, kind of spending their last, their last moments together, she, you know, says, I'm going to give me another one of these. Um, sorry about that. Um, you know, she says, you're just as human as any of us. Uh, you'll just need to find people to you know, help fill that void you think you have. And with it, you'll have all the memories and not memories, but you'll have like people to help you fill that void. And but doing that, she you know, dies in his arms. So then he thinks he can save her by, you know, moving his heart, putting it in hers. So of course, then when that comes back, when that kind of that definitely backfires because the knights come in, they see her, you know, with her top ripped and you know, there's blood over her, it's a hole in her chest, and you know, they think, oh, you've killed the princess. How dare you? When he was just, you know, trying to um, save her, but of course, in that situation, it looks bad, and most people aren't really listening to the king. Well, not the. I guess at this time, he's the prince. He's not the king yet. You know, they're like not even listening to him, and it's like, oh, you killed the princess, so that's how he ended up earning his uh, sin of lust. That's when Gotha decides he's gonna discard his heart to be rid of emotional and physical pain. Pain after you know losing you know love of his life and having everyone see him as this monster that killed her. So then Diane tries, then he tries to erase his memories again, but Diane stops him, telling him, hey. Although those memories are painful, they're precious. It's the memories of the time you had with someone you purely loved about, and it will help you grow as long as you don't, and you know, ignore them and just accept them. So you know, uh, Merlin explaining, you know, Gothard's heart and how it doesn't have any magic in it. The real magic is within him. So doing that, he's able to accept his past and look forward to the future, helping him uh, grow his magical power even more. Then we get to the next episode. Oh, this next episode is just definitely one of the saddest ones. So a familiar of Merlin is searching Camelot for Arthur, but is found by uh, Zeldrier or Zeldris. I can never say his name right. (laughs) Zeldrier or Zeldris, one of them. I think it's Zeldris. He uses it to curse Merlin. Diane asks how Gothar's creator ended the holy war. As the idea was, the goddess race sacrificed themselves to seal the demon, the demon race, but Gotha refuses to answer. Sad in which, even now, I don't think that's ever explained. Well, not in, in the third season; it's never explained. So maybe in the fourth season, there will be explained how what he really did to stop this war. Uh, Diane tells Elizabeth how there was a goddess three thousand years ago that looked just like her, and she was with Meliodas. So. Um, Elizabeth doesn't remember one of the seven, one of the Ten Commandments saying that, no, 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 uh, was it that friend of Meliodas, the old guy that you mean like season one, uh, saying that 
that the Elizabeth that uh, Meliodas was with in Danifold looked just like her and was also Meliodas' girlfriend, which kind of ifs about um, um, uh, Elizabeth because she's like, how is it possible that 3,000 years ago you were with a girl named Elizabeth and then 16 years ago you were with a girl named Elizabeth who looks just like me? Something was going on, so she asks him, but of course Meliodas isn't answering, which then you find out. Oh my god when you find out why and what happens it's like oh my god like stop um Mer- merlin is feverish the next morning so when elizabeth goes to like use her healing she teleported and meets uh zeldris who um zeldris calls elizabeth of curse goddess torturing meliodas as she has been dying losing her memories of her past life re- reincarnating and meeting meliodas over and over again the Elizabeth of the present is the goddess Elizabeth from 3,000 years ago. Uh, Elizabeth is, I guess he thought this would like distraw her, but she's happy. That means she's always been Meliodas, been with Meliodas by his side, even from the beginning. But Zeldre says he, she's been torturing him and returns her memories of her past life. Merlin wakes up. Elizabeth leaves to get some fresh air, please. Does she remember her time with him? As these Set as they set out to Camelot, leaving what? Leaving Bond tortured. What? Oh, I think he's kind of if because he still doesn't know what's going on. No, I guess it's, he kind of feels like I think he feels not bad, but he feels. I, mean, I think him and Melios get into this fight. Like, hey, you don't know what it's like to you know you lose the one you love. Because uh, you know, um, because if they defeat um all the commandments, especially the one that's um controlling the reincarnation of the people, like um Elaine, he'll have to she'll have to of course be dead again, and that means he'll lose her again. So they kind of get into this little argument. I was like, you don't know what it's like to lose the one you love again, and of course you think I think like he walks away and he's like, you have no idea. Or something like that, or I've been dealing with it for hundreds of years. So, um, that's when Elizabeth starts. Um, Elizabeth starts remembering or confusing her past and present memories, which freaks out Meliodas. He's like, "No, this can't be happening." Then when um she passes out, and they kind of explain what's going on and. Well, not really explain yet, but, you know, Diane's like, what's the big deal? She she has the right to know. How can you be lying to her all this time? That's when Melios reveals that if all her members return, she'll be dead in three days. And that's when he reveals to everyone that he and Elizabeth have been cursed by the Demon King and the Supreme Giddity, especially that he'll be immortal and never die. But Elizabeth will be constantly reincarnated and Meliodas will be forced to watch her like, they'll meet, they'll fall in love, and as she does, she'll regain more of her memories, and when she does, that's when the curse is activated, and then in three days, she'll die before Meliodas' eyes again, and it's just reincarnated, and the cycle just it continues, continues. Um, this is all, you know, caused by them, you know, falling in love, despite being from the demon and goddess race. So after Holy World ended, Meliodas is wandering the continent, uh, you know, distraught about, you know, Elizabeth and 
um, it kind of goes into how he met the first Elizabeth that was reincarnated and how she looked just like her, but when, when her eye activated, her powers did, but then when it activated in both her eyes, that's when she regained all her memories, telling Meliodas about their curses and how she'll be dead in three days, no matter what, and now how even it doesn't matter who's around there to protect her or what's going on, she'll be dead in three days. So then he reveals that he's met 107 Elizabeths and seen 106 of them die before his eyes. That's ugh, just that's just terrible. Like he can never die. Even if he does die, he is brought back to life. And every time he is, he regains more and more of his power and personality back when he was the leader of the Ten Commandments. And Elizabeth is constantly being reincarnated as a human. And if she ever regains, you know, her goddess powers and her go- and her memories, she'll be dead in three days, which is just terrible. So Merlin, the Meliodas decides to work with Merlin to break the curse, which o- which their only lead being uh, Zeldris, who is able to bar the who is barring the power of the Demon King. They think since you know the Demon King and the Supreme De- Deity put these curses on them, they'll need a power equal to that to probably break the curse. But doing that will mean releasing the seal. This is back in the time, so this is when the demon race was still um, locked away by that seal. So they're like, we'll have to break the seal. But by doing that, it's kind of like in the situation we are now, the Ten Commandments would be loose. People would be getting hurt and killed. And they would just bring mayhem to the to the world. So that's when they find out that uh, Raldrin ooh, was restoring was restored by a demon worshiper and after sacrificing all the citizens of Danafall and killed Liz, uh, Elizabeth's then reincarnation to use her goddess blood to reopen the coffin. Although it, it didn't work, Meliodas finds out, kills, or quote-unquote kills uh, Fraudrin, destroying Danafall in a rage, which I guess kind of shows where he got his wrath um, title from only to discover uh, the newborn child of a woman to be the present Elizabeth. And that's how, then it goes back into how he, uh, once he did, he, uh, you know, made a deal with the, and it's kind of revealed in the second season how, you know, he ended up going to, uh, what is it? I can't remember where their kingdom is called. So many kingdoms and lands in this world. Basically, the they go to where the king is uh, now. He adopts her and just all that, and how he's been kind of watching over, but at the same time, keeping his distance so that her curse isn't activated again. So when they arrive to this city, that's been having this huge distortion, which is causing them to get, that's preventing them from getting to Camelot. They are approached by uh, Zeldris there and he you know taunts Meliodas saying how long are you going to continue being that woman's slave and just uh you know taunting Meliodas but then you find out it wasn't really him it was a, a trap set by Melascula that's the one who's been you know who revived the souls of the dead by using a wish or something that they wanted in their past life to bring them back so you know they she ended up trapping Meliodas in her darkness getting the Ellisons to find an army of skeletons powered by the trapped captain's dark energy right so she like is powering them up using his energy his demon energy 
um, Diane's mind gets taken over by the hateful thoughts of the killed people. That's when we find out that uh, King's fairy friend, we find out that he's the one who killed all the people in this city. So that kind of is um, fueling them. And even after his helmet is crushed, and I guess it's kind of killed again, it still doesn't release Diane from their spell. It doesn't... Uh, no one's able to really do anything until both uh, Elizabeth and Elaine show up. She uses her uh, goddess powers to purify the spirits and saving her and releasing these people from their, you know, anger and hatred. Uh, they're they're kind of in awe of Elizabeth's power. They're like, that's when Elaine is, I, I thought when Elaine was like, wow, you really are a true goddess, but at this moment, who are you? Are you the Elizabeth now or the Elizabeth from back then? She says, um, no, I'm not fully awakened. So I'm kind of like a half of both. I kind of have a little bit of memories of, you know, the me from 3,000 years ago, but I still have my personality and whatnot from the Elizabeth that's now. So she's like, I'm Elizabeth from the goddess race and as well the princess of Le- Leonis. There we go. I know the name would pop up to me eventually. <laughs> But of course, when they do that, um, Alaska appears, you know, angered that, you know, Elizabeth's there again. And, you know, oh, she's like, oh, this is all your fault. You manipulated him, you seduced him. And that's why he betrayed his kind and whatnot, which, you know, dealt a heavy blow to us. But um, also at the same time, you find out that uh, apparently Merlin had a bit of a nickname for Elizabeth that she called her big sis and you know really looked up to her as her older sister which was so cute um she muscula uh then trans- transforms into this giant snake and there's you no know, attacking bond and you know uh since you know he did crush a lot of her hearts and you know i think like dislocated her jaw i think she said which was oh my god um so then you know language is trying to you know save him and fight back but but, uh, you know, she can't really do anything. But then with her feelings, she's able to transform growing wings. Like, let me just tell you, her wings were beautiful. But, um, you know, but even then, it's still not enough to, you know, completely defeat her. So also at this time, Meliodas is trapped in this cocoon. And by, I guess you could say, using up his emotions and kind of turning back to how he was he's able to break free but at the same time it forces him to go back to how he was when he was leader of the ten commandments so then Escanor says he'll hold him back since out of everyone he's probably the strongest to hold off Meliodas so he doesn't go on a rampage killing everyone in sight as DA dealed with Melascula so once they are able to kind of subdue her they are planning to you know kill her finally but of course they uh, know by doing this it would also reverse the spell that's on Elaine which would end, end up killing her again which does fuel Bond to be like no there has to be another way Elizabeth uses her powers to pretty much uh, dismo- uh, immobilize her taking away her de- like purifying her of her demon powers so that she's still alive she's unable to do anything she's alive so that her spell is still active some I guess they left her with a little bit of power, just enough to keep the spell alive, and Elaine is still able to be with everyone, which I was so happy for. A lot of people don't really like the relationship of Bond and Elaine, since you know Elaine kind of has the the 
personas of a little girl, but people, you gotta remember, she's like hundreds of years old, and so is Bond at this point. So they, it's just that fairies have all different. They, I, I mean, you can see the king has different forms, but the form we always see is kind of the form, his true form. Why? And it's like he looks like a kid. So it's like, what's the point? What's the problem? So, honestly, don't mind, and I love the relationship. I love Bond and Elaine's relationship. It's, like, one of the best relationships in anime, because he's so devoted to her. He'll do anything to, you know, get Elaine back and protect her, and it's just, I don't know how anyone can hate on their relationship. It's perfect. Um, so, it's time, um, Meliodas and Eskinor are fighting, which I believe this is, like, this is kind of where people kind of fell off, because in the manga, everyone was really hyped over this fight, uh, Bond going against, not Bond, Escanor going against the quote-unquote all Meliodas of the Ten, the leader of the Ten Commandments. So, you know, they're both fighting, they're both kind of overpowering each other. Um, Not overpowering, but they're both, like, taking blows. So then after they both, they're both, like, heavily wounded, Meliodas, I think it's, like, I mean, he is hurt, man. Then, you know, like, his demon powers are, like, healing him as they, uh, more stuff happens. But Escanor is severely hurt, even more hurt than they thought. So they take them both to Camelot as they try to help King Arthur. Meanwhile, Lord Norden finds King Arthur or otherwise. What? I don't know. Uh, and King Arthur takes him to the secret hideout where he's been keeping all the citizens safe from the uh, demon race. And let's see. That's when they tell him about the Holy Sword Excalibur. And by him getting it, he'll be able to defeat the demons that have overrun Camelot and take back his kingdom. Um, the Demon King. And on the other hand, at in Camelot, the Demon King orders a uh, Zeldris to go bring back Meliodas and make him the next Demon King, which, you know, uh, really angers and confused Zeldris because he has no idea why, you know, his father is so adamant about bringing back Meliodas and making him the Demon King when he, you know, betrayed them thousands of years ago and even now it's still standing in their way. But uh, he still is, um, uh, yes, I guess, or, uh, accept and, you know, follow orders, so he ends up getting, he tries to call the other commandments, but none of them are responding, I believe, let's see, Melascula is kind of out of commission, uh, Druid and uh, Glaxenia gave up their commandments, um, Estorosta is still recovering from his attack, his fight from Escanor in the second season, which, let me tell you, that fight was amazing, um, and then the other two, um, Derriere and the other guy, and if, I never can remember his name, um, they're kind of, at the time we, they, we believe they're out of commission as well, so there's really no one there, and then, because Escanor took part of the other guy in the, in the second season, so he is gone, so at that point, Zeldris kind of has no one else, until Chandler and Suze, Chuzak, uh, Meliodas' master and his own master appears. Uh, Chandler offers to personally rescue Meliodas, who he 
easily find and manages to put the seven deadly sins in ropes, which when uh, Merlin explains, it's like, yeah, he kind of pretty much taught Merlin everything he knows, and he's definitely one of the top ten, not, well, not ten, I don't think they gave it an actual number, but one of the top demons in the demon world, and fighting him will be very, very hard. So the seven deadly sins are fighting back uh, the Chandler, or whatever they got, but they also have another name for him, because they call him like a pacifier demon or something. Proves to be way too strong, and then goes to transformation as he as a final attempt to take back Meliodas. But then they are saved by Cloxenia and Droll, who sacrifice their lives in order to buy them more time. And oh, let me tell you, that scene was so hard to watch. Seeing them both arrive to give them time to escape, because at this point, uh, Gother is out of commission because he like he like attracted him with some type of spell that's like if you fight back you'll destroy your body from the inside out but because he's a doll he takes the risk anyways and still does it which then puts him out of commission everyone else is still fighting with everything they have but they're unable to do it and it's just so when you see them you're like oh yeah maybe they'll stand a chance that you know this is, this is the first fairy king and the king of the giants we're talking about and they didn't even stand a chance against them and it's like they finally were able to return back to their original selves and you know uh Gloxenia was able to finally be with his sister again and and Droll was maybe able to like change the ways of the giants and for them to go and, and end up losing their lives to buy them more time was just so so sad and even though they weren't there to see it, you felt how King and Diane kind of, you know, the others kind of felt their powers disappear, and it's like, yeah, they bought us time, but at the cost of their own lives, and it was so, so sad. Um, however, it doesn't really help that much, because Chandler is still able to track them down, but at this point, Meliodas is fully awakened, and he is still in his old form, revealing that he's going to break up the team, and he has a way to break Elizabeth's curse, but he doesn't want the others involved and says, if you do, that will make you my enemy. And if you fight against me, I won't hold back. And then there is this pretty interesting scene when Bon not Bonham, Hawk jumps up and he's like, What are you doing, Meliodas? This isn't you. You need to snap out of it. And he picks up um Hawk and it's like, Oh, did you have fun, uh, Demon King watching us as we suffer and whatnot? So that kind of got you confused or like, wait, why is he calling him that? That doesn't make any sense. So, you know, he flies off to go meet his brothers and the others are kind of don't know what to do. Because um, at this point, everyone's hurt. Their leader pretty much has went back to how he was all those years ago. And they are just at loss for words. But then when Hawk brings up what uh, Melio said to him, they find out that he is somehow connected to purgatory, and if they are able to get there, they might be able to bring back Meliodas' memories, I mean, not memories, emotions, because that's apparently where his emotions were being sent every time he was brought back to life, or whenever his powers got, um, kind of took over, so when, um, they but then Merlin explains that only one person has ever made it to Purgatory and back, which was her father. And time and space there is totally different. He was only gone there for a few minutes in our world, but there he was there for a full year and barely survived. Came back as a shell of himself, and it was just terrible. But then they 
Bond comes up with the idea of, hey, let me go. I'm immortal. Doesn't matter what happens to me. I'll be able to survive compared to you guys. And he feels he owes it to Meliodas, especially after, you know, saying what he did to him about how he didn't understand how he felt about, you know, him losing Elaine and whatnot. So, um, he feels like if I can't bring him back, I can never truly apologize to him. So, let me do this. So, but before that, I think at this point, maybe the episode before, there is a the opening change which that first opening totally slaps i totally love it it's so good and the second opening did grow on me a little more i didn't like it as much as the first opening but the second opening is very very good too so i'm gonna just play it here for you guys so you guys can hear it if you haven't you know seen it already yourselves but so that's it That opening definitely grew on me more as I heard it. Uh, the first opening, you hear it and it's just like, oh, that's so good. But the second opening, might have took like an episode or two, but I definitely um, definitely started liking that one too. Um, so what episode did I stop at? Okay, next. It's like episode 18 or something. Um, so uh, at this time, I think, no, I think I'm still in the other episode because then Meliodas returns to Camelot not returns to he arrives at Camelot with Elizabeth and the Chandler you know him and uh Zeldris trying to get into a little bit he's like I'm gonna be I'm only here to become the demon king and he's like no I am that's when uh Esterosa appears and actually he does wake up before he wakes up before that and when he does he's having this weird memory of him meeting the old Elizabeth which he kind of doesn't understand himself and even when he sees her he's like wait are you elizabeth and she's like wait how do you know me we never met which is true because when he attacked and killed meliotis at that point everyone else got transported so he never fully saw her until this moment so like even him himself after seeing after saying that he's confused and he's like oh i'm not not really sure myself but it doesn't really matter and then you know at that point the three of them are about to fight over who's going to become the demon king but after that esther 
Rosa is like, hey, you know, I don't really care about being Demon King, but you need to give me Elizabeth, which, of course, everyone kind of wants um, her and Meliodas separated, so they're like, oh, yeah, totally fine, you can have her, keep her, as long as she keeps away from our, you know, our king. Meliodas is like, listen, uh, I'm only going to say this once. I'm going to be Demon King and no one else can touch Elizabeth. That's when both of them go to attack him, but he's quickly able to uh, stop both of them. Even when that other guy, uh, Kuzex, shows up, he is just unable to even get close to Meliodas. That's the attack that he's using to pin down both Osterosa and Geldris to the ground and just stabbing him through the stomach and holding him in the air and he's unable to do anything. Everyone else is like just shocked and you know Chandler's the only one that's like yeah that's the authority of a king that's exactly what you need to do to keep your subjects in line. Uh, He only stops when uh, Elizabeth tells him like hey that's enough you keep this up you're gonna kill him. That's when you know uh, you think that has a change of heart he's like oh you know sorry for my words and whatnot but he's like I'm still not giving up I'm still gonna take Elizabeth. Uh, Zudge, on the other hand, is not giving up. He's like, no, the only reason why you're even interested in becoming the Demon King is because you want to get rid of the curse on you. And that, as he said, sorry excuse for a woman. I was like, god damn. Uh, he's like, yeah, that's the only reason why I'm here. He's like, even if I stole the power you have, it still wouldn't be enough. So I would need to become the Demon King in order to become even powerful than our father so I can break the curse. That's when he, you know, attacks him again. He's like, no, I'm going to be Demon King. Uh, Esther tries to use that excuse to say, to take Elizabeth. But uh, at this point, Meliodas is effortlessly holding them both back. Um, that's when he traps um, Zeltris. And he's like, oh, I know why you want to become a Demon King. And he whispers something in his ear. And you're, he's shocked that, I guess, he didn't realize or even know that Meliodas knows the real reason why he wants to become the Demon King so bad. So when he, you know, lets him go after saying what he does, and everyone's kind of confused, and they're like, what's wrong? What do you say? And he's like, all right, fine, I'll work with you, but this is the last thing I want to do, but I guess I have no choice, and they're all shocked, and they're like, whoa, what did he say? Uh, I love Esterosa's um, kind of response, and he's like, man, that must have been one hell of a secret, what do you, what do you blackmail you or something, like, what do you say, um, that's when they explained, they're like, yeah, even if you took my power, it still wouldn't be enough, that's when they explained the powers of the Ten Commandments, and how they're all fragments of half of the Demon King's power, and he has the other half, so even with, with Meliodas's strong power, he would need to absorb the other commandments' powers to even be, ooh, excuse me, to be on a level field as um as their father and to take the throne and in in a way to you know break the curse so that's when he uh Zeldris explains that he has three of them already from Gulther, Loxenia, and Joy and then explains to Estrosa uh, how to release them but that there there's a condition that you can't just take it they either have to be dead or well no wait they either have to agree to it or be unable to fight. That's the only two ways to take the commandments from them. But Estros is the one that offers, hey, if they're dead, then they that shouldn't be a problem. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because they look at him like, wait, it's going to kill your own people. They're like, wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. They came out wrong. 
you like if they so happen to have fallen in battle like killed by someone else that should be it should be able to get them he's like well the power doesn't really leave their bodies until we extract it so he's like all right so then we need to go to the people who's already lost so that's the other commandments and he said he did get gray rose i don't remember who gray rose is um he's the melios says that he's like yeah i took it just in case i took it just for this occasion which kind of makes you think was he's thinking about this all this time even before his demon powers kind of went into overdrive and took him over so that's when they send Esteros. That's when he sends Esterosa and Zeldris to uh, track the other commandments. Um, commandments, because they're like, they're like, wait a minute, why don't you do it? And it's like, well, no one's gonna listen to a traitor of the demon race. But if you two go, there shouldn't be a problem of them giving up their commandments without a fight. So he's like, go and don't let me down and hurry up because we don't have much time because Elizabeth's curse will be activated soon. So, you know, they uh, they head out, but there is an interesting point before the ending of that episode where uh, Zeldris tells uh, Esterosa, hey, don't even think about, com- don't even think about absorbing those commandments for yourself, even if you're tempted, don't even think about it, which kind of gives you an if, I'm like, okay, why is that an issue? If Meliodas is able to do it, wouldn't his brothers be able to do it as well? And the fact that he said it to him makes you kind of wonder, like, okay, why did he say that? So as Elizabeth and Melios are talking, she's like, no, I don't want you doing this. She's like, do you even know what will happen if you become the Demon King? That's when they reveal, yeah, I probably won't be able to be able to live in this world anymore. I'll probably have to be in the demon race. Kind of what I guess his father is and just be trapped there forever. She's like, no, that I don't want that. If you're just going to disappear and go away forever, I'd rather not. And she's like, yeah, I'm scared. I'm not just scared of dying and reincarnating again. I'm scared of losing my memories and losing, you know, all the feelings and whatnot of everyone that she's met so far and, you know, losing him again. So she's like, I don't want that. If that's the case. She's like, I don't want that either, but I don't want you doing it at the sacrifice of, you know, us never being together. Then he kind of brings out a point, like, it. he's like, don't you ever find it weird how no matter how many times you're incarnated, you always fall in love with me. So he's like, if your curse is broken, then you won't have to worry about that. You'll be able to live out your life as a normal human and you'll fall in love with someone else and be able to live a happy life but she's that's when she gets kind of upset she's like so you you really think that my feelings are just manufactured by this curse that I don't truly love you it's just feeling someone implanted into me so I so that our suffering continues on and she's like well if that's the case then why didn't you ever just leave me alone why didn't you just you know why didn't you fall in love with someone else and just forget about me and he's like I couldn't do that even if I tried I loved you I love you every part every single one of you that's come and gone to this point he's like no matter what happens you have my heart and no one else would ever be able to obtain that and that was such a beautiful scene because she's like yes I'm the same way all 106 of us we all 105 of us I think because she's the 106 one she's like all of us we've all loved you on our own free will no one forced us into loving you we fell for you for you and we will always and you know they have that cute moment he's like oh I just want to be with you and just holding you like this it's, it's just amazing it's 
what I've always wanted, but at this moment we can't export we can't afford for that. He's like, I need to break the curse. So please try to understand it's the only way to save you, even if it means I'll never be able to see you again. That's when she's like, Well, then I have a plan of my own. I'll join forces with the other sins and we'll stop you no matter what. That's when he's like, Don't try anything. You won't be able to escape from me. And when she goes to like slap him, he's like, Fine, if it makes you feel better, go ahead. That's when she powers up this really powerful, like, uh, goddess, like, goddess spirit bomb and slaps him across the face with it, using it to knock him kind of not out, but you see him dazed, like, Wait, what just happened? And, you know, she used it to escape. She's like, yes, I understand you're doing all this to save me. But what's the point if I, if you aren't saved as well? If you have to go back to how you were and then go through all this suffering? She's like, no, I'm going to fight to, to save you just as hard as you're fighting to protect me. And that's probably like one of my favorite episodes. Oh, it was so good. Uh, next episode, Merlin negotiates with Zeldris so that she can bargain and change with something. She first wanted to get back Elizabeth but she was like sorry I can't he's like sorry I can't do that um okay you know, Meliodas has her but as long as she remains by his side no one would ever be able to lay a finger on her since you know as we saw before um uh, even with him fighting against uh Zeldre Esrosa wasn't able to get near her so it's like as long as she's near him she'll be safe no one be able to lay a finger on her unless they want to die basically um then she's like, okay, uh, uh, release the, what was the other one she, what was the, the way she wanted, oh, Arthur, she wanted the uh, location of uh, Arthur, but he had no idea who he was, so he's like, we don't even know if he's even dead or alive, so then I can't uh, promise you that, so then the, that's when the second wish of getting Elizabeth, but then, you know, he explains that, so then the third uh uh, option she gives him is like okay fine free the people of Leonis and you'll get because uh, he she has the she has Melascula which she still has her commandment so you know all right she's like fine as long as you release the release the people from our kingdom we I will give you that but at the same time Princess Marduk is searching for Gil Thunder but when she uh come across this cave and she is so desperate to get him back she makes a deal with this spirit that's calling out to her then you find out it's one of the archangels and it turns out to be the worst one possible and you know they go they he takes over her body to help her through her ways of freeing guild author from uh, what's her name vivian i think the girl from the first season that took him and you know, they he ends up killing her, which I was like, holy crap, I was not expecting that, and as they're, he's about to rescue her, as you know, they're about to reunite again, he takes over, I forget what his name is, um, Lucier, there we go, Lucier, there we go, uh, he takes over her body, kind of almost completely, or he's in most control, and, you know, he senses, uh, as, not as Rosta, uh, they're just power, and in between the exchange him and Merlin are doing, he attacks. Um, also, I should have also re- talked about how he recognizes, well, he doesn't recognize Merlin in her adult form, but he recognizes her, and I guess you could say it's kind of her true form. He's like, oh, you're the girl from, oh, what's that place? What's the place called? Not Purgatory. Um, uh, Bailey Halloween. 
and how she was a daughter she was the person who was gifted uh gifts by both the demon king and the supreme deity but when she you know because they wanted her on their side so she's like i'll join the side it gives me the best gift and end up getting the gift from both but end up betraying them and end up destroying her place but because of her power because of the gifts they gave her she was able to escape unharmed and from that so which is pretty funny because you're like holy crap she just duped both rulers of both the demon and goddess race which was hilarious in my opinion so thanks to Seldrier's intervention, the rest of the commandments evacuate most of the Camelot citizens and rescue Elizabeth who joined them to find a way to stop Melios from becoming the next demon king, even if that means to die again. Once they reunite with the recent awakened stigma, archangels, including their leader Lucier and Margaret's body, Elizabeth, as you know, kind of the representative of the, you know, with both. Bond and Purgatory trying to get Melio's mem- I mean, motions back. Um, Gother is out of commission, and then um, everyone kind of figures, you know, she, since, you know, she has the closest tie with Meliodas, she would be our, and since her powers are so powerful, she would basically be our leader. So with that, they form a pack in order to protect. Well, and Meliodas is, I mean, in uh, Elizabeth, she does it to protect him. Because the other archangels are like, especially that Lucier guy is like, oh, he must have betrayed you again. He's better off just dying. She's like, no, we are doing this to protect Meliodas. We're not going to let you uh, lay a finger on him. So that's when they form Stigma. And you kind of see um, Hendrickson, I think that's his name, kind of gushing over this archangel. Not really realizing how dangerous and skeevy this guy really is. And it's like, he keeps going on about, oh, as long as he's in Princess Margaret, everything will be fine. And when they join us, we'll have the archangels on our side. So we won't be able to lose. And it's just, you're just looking like, oh, dude, you don't even know what this guy is capable of and how he's ready to sacrifice you all if it means defeating the demon race. And like I said, his kind of hatred for Meliodas, which I, I hope gets kind of flushed out in the fourth season. Cause it never really explains, like, like, does he just hate Meliodas because he's a demon, or does he hate that, you know, him and Elizabeth fell in love, and that he maybe had feelings for Elizabeth and hoped that she would fall for him, but instead she fell for, in his eyes, this horrible demon that's corrupting her, turned her against her own kind. I don't know. I really hope that gets explained in the first season, because it doesn't really get explained that much here. Um... As the Sins get ready for their upcoming war, Lucia confronts Escanor about his power sunshine revealing its origins, which then you find out that one of the Archangels, because it's supposed to be four of them, you find out what's killed by one of the Ten Commandments. I think he was killed by Esterosa. And then when he sees es- uh, Escanor's power, he's like, it's very familiar to this Archangel. And it's like, how did you get this power? It doesn't make any sense. They have this quick fight, and it's just pretty interesting and then you know they break it up because like hey we're trying to we should be fighting amongst ourselves we need to be focused on what's coming up uh meanwhile uh, arthur pendragon gets excalibur again to fight meliotis and his allies by himself which that was pretty interesting because you know we see how powerful you know all these demons are and him getting you know at the excalibur sword and how he's so easy so capable of taking out some of these demons 
and it's just wow. Um, but when he does get overpowered, I think Merlin does end up saving him in the end. But even though that happens, he ends up getting kind of cursed or bewitched by I forget which one. I think it's Sutrak, the one who I trained uh, uh Zeldre, Zeldris, sorry. <laughs> um, so even though she does save him in the end, he ends up like as soon as he like activates the spell, he uh ends up taking his sword, stabbing him stabbing himself with it which I don't know if he's really dead or if he's in like this comatose state because he's dead and then they're trying to pull the sword out of him but they're unable to which is pretty weird I have no idea what that's about but hopefully that's another thing uh, that's another thing that gets flushed out in the next season so um on the other hand Lucier leads the holy knights to resume the holy war in order to finish it all once and for all the Holy War rages on King and Diane with the support from Elizabeth and the four archangels help out in the how about the Holy Knights in the battle? Meanwhile, Estrosa tracks down both Derriere and Mospit in order to take in order of taking the commandments, which leads to a battle where Mosca sacrificed himself to protect Derriere. Oh my god, that scene was so so horrible because at that point, you we think they're dead from what really else did them in the second season. Then you find out they survived, but then they kind of just gave up fighting, and they are trying to live out normal lives. So they go to this village, still living there. These people, uh, this girl takes care of them, but as soon as Esterosa appears, he kills her, taking her soul. Almost tries, almost eats it, but then they end up saving her soul and releasing it, so that you know she doesn't, her soul isn't lost forever, eat, trapped and eaten by a demon. And then he, you know, fights them. But at that point, we skipped. He did find that other, um, I can never remember his name. Uh, it's the one that, es- that Escanor had that uh, fight. Like, hey, you hit me, and if you survive, you get to hit me back. Um, little game they did. And he ran away and ended up turning the stone. Because he just, like, went back on his word or something like that. Um, he ends up, like, killing him. Because he's still trapped in his stone. Kills him and takes the commandment, but instead of taking it and keeping it, he absorbs it, so you kind of see, like, what it's doing it to him, and how he's kind of going crazy, and how he's so determined to best Meliodas that he's planning on double-crossing him, and absorbing as many commandments as he can to defeat him, but you kind of see him going a little bit cuckoo, so then, and also you see, um, at this moment, um, when Elizabeth tells people, because I, de- I forgot to say, like, the other archangels, especially Lucier, like, gives this, oh, I forgot what they called it, life of blessing or something like that. Uh, it's like, yeah, it might, it gives you power, like, it gives you temporary power, but then it also kind of forces you to keep fighting until you basically are dead. And it ignores your wounds and whatnot. And then some of the angels, some of the people who are kind of bewitched by the angels' power is like, oh, you know what you're talking about. But then when the other two uh, archangels explain, like, you know, you're not the one that's really know what's going on. Um, you've just been fighting it on. And if it wasn't for Prince, if it wasn't for Lady Elizabeth, you would be dead right now. Because not only was she healing your wounds throughout that entire battle, she was also um, talking down to the other demons and that she was trying to convince them that we don't want to fight, we don't want this all-out blood war, 
we just want to stop Meliodas from what he's doing, and hopefully we can come to a peace. So she ends up driving away most, if not all, of the demons from fighting, which surprised everyone. She's like, yes, I don't want anyone to die in this war. I know that's, you know, a silly thing to say, but if I can help it, that's what I want, because even if you don't think it, you there is someone out there who's waiting for your return and that kind of has everyone kind of thinking back and realizing like yeah you guys have just been going gun ho relying on the goddess powers when that's not a good thing especially with these angels it's like geez on peace so uh derriere ends up um at the battlefield where elizabeth and the others are they uh try to attack her but it doesn't have no affair no uh doesn't work really work on her so when she, you know, runs into Elizabeth, she really doesn't have the fight, the, the spirit to fight, you know, after just losing Moss, I can never say his name, Moss Pow, Moss Pit. And of course, at that time, Estros is following her. He ends up at the battlefield where he tries to take Elizabeth for himself again. However, first he goes up against Terrier and Syrier and Tamir, who are looking to revenge their fallen, uh, yeah, this is when we find out that he's the one, or maybe it's right before, but this is when you're like, oh, yeah, you forgot that he's the one who apparently killed that other archangel, and then, but to no avail, since he's already absorbed the commandments of the other people, and it's kind of twisting him and making him corrupt, and then when you are, you find out that, you know, him and Elizabeth spent some time together when he was little, and, you know, she was kind of there for him when, then, when he was um younger and you know kind of still with them like with still Meliodas back in those times and you find out that he was born without darkness so even though he is the son of the of the uh, demon king demons still look down upon him since he doesn't have any demon powers but she's like gives kind of gives him the strength to keep going which then I guess he ends up falling for her but then of course sees the relationship between her and Meliodas growing and I guess that kind of feels his jealousy towards Meliodas saying kind of his like his personality twisted he thinks he's Meliodas but then he's like oh he's like oh what do you mean I'm Meliodas um I'm not like my weak brother who can't even use darkness powers and it's like okay yeah that that's the reason why they um said not to why he said not to absorb those commandment powers because I guess the commandment power he has was enough to stabilize him to use darkness powers but anymore it's like twisting and corrupting his body and mind it's just like what so you know he's trying desperately to like take elizabeth everyone's trying to fight back to you know um to protect her and protect themselves and as he has her crap like not crap but uh, trapped up in all this nasty goopy black stuff she kind of hears his old self calling out for help and she you know and after, you know, seeing the damage he's causing everyone, she agrees to go with him. Um, but then, uh, Derriere, King, and who else goes with them? I think it, uh, well, at first, I think it was just King and Derriere go after Esterosa to save Elizabeth. Then Hawk and uh, Gother go after them. Diane and all the other Holy Knights head towards Camelot while, um, at that point, uh, Merlin, Escanor, uh, Lucidaire, and I think Gildunder, I think, is with them. 
they are already at Camelot and they're trying to find a way into the castle since this huge cocoon is there and they figured that's where Melios is like absorbing, trying to absorb the, the powers and whatnot. So it kind of kind of ends with everyone kind of going their own separate ways again. Uh, King, Gulther, and Derriere are trying to save Elizabeth from Esterosa. Diane is with the groups of the Holy Knights and they're headed towards Camelot while Merlin, Escanor, Gilthunder, and Lucidaire are already there and are trying are ready to, you know, confront Meliodas, Zeltris, and all the other uh, demons that are still there. And that kind of, well, before we get that, at the last bit of ending, at, it shows up to Purgatory and Meliodas' emotions awaken, ready to come back somehow to the other side. And that's how the third season ends. I honestly, I cannot wait for the fourth season to be dubbed and show up on uh, next Netflix. That's where you guys can watch this. All these other seasons are there. Um, I even think that movie that there was that they made is also there. Maybe I should review that. Well, after I maybe I will. Maybe I'll review that one next tomorrow. Not tomorrow, uh, Saturday. Maybe I'll review that movie since it's a good movie. I did like it. It's kind of like I won't. Well, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll see. But that is it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. But before we end off, um. I just want to let you guys, um, did you do, yeah, maybe I will, maybe I'll talk about the movie since the fourth season isn't 100% out yet, and I do want to, I didn't like that movie, so I have new problems with it, so, of course, thank you guys again so much for listening, but before we go off, I want to play this ending of the third season this is probably my favorite ending this ending was so good it definitely played I, I felt it really hit me when it played during the time when elizabeth explains to you know her father about you know the curse that her and Meliodas are in and how she doesn't have much time left and how when she was younger she felt alienated because you know even though when her powers kind of first activated and how she you know covers up her eye because if she felt like with it, it made it even more obvious that she wasn't part of the family. But the king's like, I don't care about that. You, I have raised you since you were a baby. It doesn't matter where you're from or whatnot. You are my daughter. You are one of my daughters, and I will love you forever. And it's like, she's like, I'm so grateful for you know having this bond. And she's like, even though I don't have much time left, please let me enjoy the time I have left as his daughter and I was crying my eyes out because I was like no that's that's not okay it's like you really see the love he has for her that even though that's not his real biological daughter he still loved and protected her like she was and it's just (coughs) excuse me it's just it was so that moment was so touching and then this song was playing throughout that and it just it hit me so hard I just I was bawling like a crazy person but yeah that is it so i'll play this and after that that is it you guys and i'll see you all next time
Wake up, 景色が変わる。Hold on. 